They seek him here. They seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. Presenting Marius Goring, star of the motion picture Red Shoes, have Baroness Orpsey's immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Adventures are the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. It was Tony Dewhurst, just back from Dieppe, who brought the news to our Paris headquarters, the inn called Les Trois And bad news it was. I hate to bring bad tidings, Blakeney, but we have lost Roussillon. Our agent in Gornet, you mean? Yes. I heard about it as I was passing through. How do you mean, lost him? He was arrested three days ago. Oh, betrayed? Well, it's hard to say. Perhaps he was just careless. Anyhow, there's one consolation, if you can call it that. What? Well, there's no danger he'll talk. How can you be sure? He was found dead in his cell the same evening. Suicide? Yes. Poor Roussillon. He's a good man. We've got to do something, Tony. There are hundreds of refugees from the terror looking to us to get them to England. If we aren't to fail them, we must keep the escape route from Paris open to the coast. The Gournay stage is a vital one. With no one there... I know. One severed link in the whole chain becomes useless. Exactly. Now, well, we've got to find someone to replace Roussillon. Uh, what about Henri Chalon? Who's he? A draper in Gournay. Do you know him? Well, personally, but he's sympathetic to our cause and willing to help if called on. Well, how do you know that? Well, Roussillon mentioned his name several times. He said he could be relied on implicitly. In view of what's happened to Roussillon, I doubt if you'll find him very willing to help now. Well, well perhaps not. But unless you've someone else in mind... No one. Then at least we should put it to him. Give him an opportunity to say yes or no. I quite agree. And the sooner the better. Agreed again. Gournay's watch from here. About five hours? Mm, six, perhaps. Splendid. We leave about ten o'clock. That means we should be there by dawn. And so it was that next morning, Monsieur Henri Chalon had two unexpected callers at his little shop in Gournay. They announced themselves as merchants with samples to show. And he led them into his parlor where they could talk in private. You will have a glass of wine, citizen? Oh, thank you. Kind of you, monsieur. <laughs> You won't think it ill-mannered of me if I don't join you. Oh, not at all. My stomach, you know, won't stand anything stronger than milk. I've been that way for years. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. One gets used to it. Your glass, my friend. And yours. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so you bought samples from Paris, huh? Yes. I must warn you, I'm in no position to buy much. These new taxes, you know, they leave the people with nothing to spare. Oh, if you'd like to show me what you have. Uh, perhaps instead of the samples, monsieur, you may be interested to see uh, this. 
Depressed flower, huh? Hmm? Pretty little thing. You don't recognize it? I know botanist. It's an English flower. They call it the Scarlet Pimpernel. Huh? Very interesting. I once gave a similar flower to a friend of yours. Indeed, monsieur? Armand Roussillon. What, uh, what makes you think he was my friend? He told us, uh, at least he told my colleague here. He mentioned you many times, monsieur Chalon. Roussillon is uh, dead now. Yes, he was a brave man. There are some who say he was a fool. It depends on your point of view, of course. He believed in something and gave his life for it. Yes, it's better to die for something, I suppose, than just to die as we all must. Then you will help us, monsieur? Help you? You must guess why we're here. You know who we are. How should I know? Oh, yes, the flower, but uh, anyone can pluck a flower and press it. Uh, what can we do to prove our identity? It's true I did know Roussillon slightly. He told me once of a certain Englishman he knew. Yes. An English miller, he said, about your height and your build, monsieur. Mine? Yes. Of course, there are many people of your height and build. But he told me this English miller had a mole... On the right forearm, just above the wrist. Would this be a minor choice? Ah. What is it you wish me to do, my friend? Carry on the work that Roussillon began. Here in Gournay? Yes. You ask a great deal. A very great deal. The rewards are small and the risks are grave. And if I decline? We shall have to look elsewhere. It is important to find someone? If scores of innocent lives are to be saved, it's imperative. I see. Very well, monsieur. I am your man. Splendid. What have I to do? It's perfectly simple. On the escape route from Paris to Dieppe, there are six stages. The only two that concern you are from Beauvais to here and from here to Falsh. Our people travel by night and shelter by day. They'll be sent to you by our agent in Beauvais, whose name there's no point in your knowing. They'll arrive before dawn. You'll feed them and hide them where they can sleep. And after nightfall, you'll send them on to Falsh to an address we'll give you later. With Shallow filling the vital gap, the escape route began working again at full pressure. For a month or more, all went well. And then one day, Tony came to me with a vaguely disquieting report. I'm worried about Fuchs. Why, what's the trouble? Why, well, two days overdue. He's escorting the Countess de la Reine and her three children, isn't he? Yes, they, they left Paris ten days ago. Six days to Dieppe, two to return. Yeah, he should have been back the day before yesterday. You assured me it would be. Oh, I shouldn't worry. He's probably been delayed. Oh, it's not like him. He's always so reliable. Even so, anything may have happened. One of the children may have been taken ill, for instance, or Republican troops may be a little more active than usual. Oh, perhaps you're right. All the same, I don't think we should take any chances. Oh, how do you mean? Well, Harding's supposed to leave with a party tonight. I think it's unwise for him to sell out till Andrew turns up and reports all's well. Oh, isn't that being a little overcautious? Well, better to be that way than take foolish risks. Mm, I suppose so. I'll pass the word on to Harding. Right. If anything has happened to oh, Andrew... well, let's worry about that when the time comes. Personally, I shouldn't be at all surprised if he turns up sometime this evening. But two more days passed with no sign of Fuchs. Two days of steadily mounting apprehension. And it wasn't until late on the night of the second that the door was flung open and he appeared. Fuchs! Oh, we've just about given you up. Give me a drink. Something. Brandy in the cupboard. Right. You heard. Oh, just a glancing wound in the shoulder. Let me have a look. It's nothing, really. Must have been a blood, that's all. Oh, we'll soon see about that. Sorry. I like your idea of nothing. Unfortunately, the bullet went right through. We shan't have to probe. It looks fairly clean. Yeah, drink this. Thanks. Better? 
Yes, a lot. Tony, hot water. Plenty of it. And bandages. I have. When did you eat last? Yesterday. I thought as much. Tony! Yeah? Tell the landlord to prepare and send up a hot meal. All right. Now, what's this all about? I'm, a, I'm afraid it's bad news. The Countess? Either dead or a prisoner. I don't know. And the children? They've been taken too. How did it happen? It was on the fifth stage. We left Forge after nightfall. And a couple of miles outside the town, we were challenged. The coachman whipped up the horses and we tried to make a run and fight it. How many of them were there? Four or five. Well mounted, too. It was pitch dark, but I managed to drop one of them as he drew up alongside. Then the driver missed a bend in the road and we turned over into a ditch. After that, it was all a little confused. I can imagine it. The Countess was probably pinned under the carriage. Certainly unconscious. Probably dead. The children were seized as they crawled out. And you? I fought as best I could, but they were too much for me. I was bound and we started off the road back to Forge. Just outside the town, I managed to loosen my bonds and break free. I was hit by a random shot. But in the darkness, I was able to elude them. I lay low for most of the night. I thought if I could reach our agent, Forge, I'd be all right. But about an hour before dawn, I crept into the town. I got there just in time to see them dragging him away. But troops, you mean? Yes. But he's been betrayed? Either that or one of the children had unwittingly given him away. That's a possibility, of course. Well, what did you do? There was only one thing to do. I hid in a hayrick all day and then set off for Gouvernay. It took me two nights to get there. You must have been all in. I was, just about. Ah, here's the wall for the bandages. Thanks. Carry on with your story. Well, I attend to this wound of yours. Shalom been taken too? No, thank goodness. He looked after me like a father. I set off the following night for Paris. You should have stayed a day or two to regain your strength. I knew he'd be anxious. Besides, I wanted to get word to you of what had happened, in case you sent anyone else over the route. So, well, here I am. Oh, things are in a mess. Huh? Well, what's the trouble? Another link of the chain's broken, I'm afraid. Oh, where this time? Fault. Not old Brichon, the schoolmaster. I'm afraid, sir. We have to go that once. See if we can find someone else. Fortunately, it won't be any problem. How's that? Shellon has an old friend there. Says he's absolutely reliable. Splendid. How's that? More comfortable now? Oh, yes, thanks. Oh. Your meal will be up in a few minutes. Good. Did Shallow mention who this friend was? No. He says you'd pick him up in Gournay. He'd then go on forge with you and introduce you to this man, whoever he is. Yes, yeah, sir, it seems the best plan. What's the time now? Quarter past eleven. We can just about do it tonight if we ride hard. Yeah, tell the officer to have horses ready for us in twenty minutes. Dawn was breaking as we clattered over the cobbles into Gourmet. We roused Chalon, who welcomed us eagerly. He took us into the kitchen, gave us each a large bowl of hot soup, and as we ate, we talked. Fuchs told us about this friend of yours in Falls. He's absolutely dependable. Absolutely, monsieur. I've known him since we were boys together. You think he'll be willing to act in Brichon's place? I'm sure of it. We have talked many times. He believes in the same things as I do, you see. Excellent. Will it be convenient for you to come with us to Forge tonight? But of course, monsieur. I'm yours to command. You've heard no news of the Comtesse de la Reine and her children, I suppose? Yes, no, monsieur. Ah. Fuchs seemed to think it was the children who unwittingly gave Brichon away. Ah, I wish I could agree. You believe there's some other explanation? I'm sure there is. Somewhere on the escape route between here and Forge, there is a traitor. returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel.
their scoring as the Scarlet Pimpernel. As Chalon stated his conviction that somewhere between Gournay and Forge there was a traitor, Tony and I looked at him, startled. Traitor, with you, Chalon? What makes you think that? All the evidence points to it. You mean Brichon's arrest? And before that, Roussillon. Did it never occur to you to wonder how he was caught? I thought he may have grown a little careless. Roussillon was never careless. Then you believe he was betrayed? I have no doubt of it. By whom? I don't know. I wish I did. Could it be your agent in Beauvais, perhaps? Milo? No. No, it's impossible. Quite impossible. His loyalty is beyond doubt. Huh? Then we must look elsewhere. I'm more inclined to think it's someone here in Gournay. Someone working in the dark. If you are right, monsieur, I will find him sooner or later. And now, uh, you have eaten well? Yes, well, thank you. There are beds upstairs. You must be tired after your all-night arrive. Uh, you may sleep through the day without fear. I'll awaken you at sundown, and after nightfall, we'll leave for force. About eight o'clock, we set out. The new moon shed just enough light for us to see the silver ribbon of road that stretched ahead. After about an hour, we found ourselves approaching the black mass of a thick clump of trees. And then, with no warning at all, as we draw this... Uh, hold it in the name of but it was too late. Shadows were swarming over the road. Hands were grasping at our bridles, others tugging at our legs to drag us from our mouths. It was a good fight while it lasted, but finally we were overwhelmed by sheer weight of numbers. We were disarmed, our wrists were bound, and then a lantern was lit and flashed in our faces. Now, shall we go? Close escort, we were taken that night to the ridge of Saint Germain, a few miles outside Gourmet. There, for some reason, we were separated. Chalon was marched off under guard, and Tony and I, still bound, were thrown into a tiny wooden slab hut. The door was slammed to and locked, and we were left alone in the darkness, with Cartier's last words of warning to be ready to leave for Paris at dawn. Don't we have any chance of getting out of here, Blakeney? I don't know. How are your bonds? So tight, they're cutting into my wrists. So am I. A bit of play in my fingers, though. Yeah, come over here, close to me. I'll see if I can get at your lot. Oh. How's that? I can just about touch them. Think you'll be able to do anything? Oh, I doubt it. They're too well tied. If only we had a knife or some sharp instrument. Oh, might as well sigh for the moon. Well, there's my watch. It's hardly a sharp instrument, is it? Well, if you could manage to get it out of my front pocket, we could break the glass, perhaps, and that'll give us a cutting head. Oh, that's a good idea. Think you can get it? Well, I'll try. Hold still. Hold still. I think I can feel the chain. I think... Did it? Yes. Yes, got it. Ah, missed. Uh, got it this time. Oh. Slipped right through my fingers. Well, at least we shan't have to worry about breaking the glass. And as if we can find any of the pieces in this Stygian gloom. Well, we'll have to lie on the floor and feel about as best we can. Oh. Find anything? It's like looking for a needle in a haystack. I'll touch something metallic. Well, it's probably part of the watch. Oh, there it is again. Slide over this way, Blakeney. Can you feel anything? Uh, I think so. Yes. Yes, it's a piece of glass. Can you get it between your fingers? Yes, it does. Oh, it's not a very big piece, I'm afraid. Well, never mind. It might do the job. Now, turn your back to me. Right. Hammer. No, round. That's right. Move close. Uh-huh. Right in. I'll see what I can do. It took ten minutes of patient sawing before the first strand gave. I stopped for a moment to give my aching fingers a rest. And then we heard it. A gentle tapping on the wall of the hut. Listen, Blakeney. There's someone outside. There it goes again. It's Fuchs. 
The code signal. I'll try the reply with my heel on the floor. Now, let's see if he replies. It is, Fuchs. Are you in there, Tony? We're both in here. Good. Call to the guard. Tell him anything that'll persuade him to open the door. All right. Leave it to me, Tony. You keep silent, except for an occasional groan, if you like. What? Gav! Gav! I can hear someone coming. Gav! What's the trouble in there? It's my friend. He's taken ill. I think he's dying. Uh, Nonsense. Well, listen to him. Or please do something. All right. I'll go and tell the captain. There is no time for that. Please have a look at him yourself. Very well. All right, then. Thank you, Gar. He's over here. It sounds like he's having a fit or something. Well, that takes care of him. Come on, you two. My hands are bound. No time to bother about that now. Come on. With Fuchs leading the way, we reached the main gate of the barracks. Waited till the sentry had turned his back and then stepped silently through. A few hundred yards outside the village, we stopped in the shelter of some trees. And Fuchs' knife quickly freed our bonds. Thank goodness you turned up, Fuchs. We wouldn't have had a chance in a thousand of getting away otherwise. Well, how did you happen to appear? Yes, you're supposed to be in Paris still. I had a feeling about you two, a sort of premonition. I suppose you'd call it. So the morning after you left, I rode off to you. But well, you traveled the roads by day. Oh, well, suitably disguised, of course. Anyhow, I reached Gournay about dusk. I knew Chalon would keep undercover until nightfall. And then I guessed you'd all be going on to Forge. So I waited. I saw him leave and followed you. Well, then you. Then you must have seen us ride right into the ambush. Well, I didn't actually see it. I was too far behind in the darkness, but I heard it. And I managed to keep close enough to hear your conversation with the captain. Then you followed us here to Saint-Germain? Yes. Good work, Fuchs. If we weren't have been taken before Chauvelin, we wouldn't have had a chance. What about Chalon? Any chance of rescuing him, too? Well, we've got to try. Trouble is, you've no idea whereabouts in the barracks they're holding him. He's not in the barracks at all. Not? But last time we saw him, he was on his way under escort to the main building. And soon after that, he was brought back. What? What happened to him then? I don't know. I had to keep undercover, so I lost sight of him. But soon afterwards, I heard horses' hoofs passing through the main gate on the way out. I wonder why they could have taken him away. I wonder. Gournay's only a couple of miles from here, isn't it, Andrew? Yes. Along this road? That's right. Ah, I see it all quite clearly now. Should have realized from the start, of course. You mean... Come along, you two. Before we return to Paris, we have a little unfinished business to attend to. It lacked a little more than half an hour to dawn when we reached our destination in Gournay. We knocked four times before we heard footsteps inside... And then the door opened. What's going on out there? Knocking the counter on his city. You? So you managed to escape, Monsieur Shadow. Why, uh, uh, yes. So did we, thanks to our friend here. Aren't you going to invite us in, Monsieur? Uh, yes, of course. Come in by all means. Thank you. Thank you. Keep an eye on that door, Andrew. Right. Tell me, Monsieur, how did you manage it? Uh, manage it? Your escape. Oh, they locked me in a room. Inside the barracks, you mean? Yes, but there was uh, there was a skylight to see. So I got on a table and put a chair on that. And you were able to reach up and open the skylight and get there? Uh, yes, that's right. Splendid, splendid. You uh, took a lot of risk coming back to your house, sir, didn't you? Well, I, I gambled on them not discovering I was gone for a while. And then there were things I had to do here, valuable to collect, papers to restore. Have you done all that now? Uh, yes, I, I'm clear now. Then we'd better go. Huh? Go? You are coming with us, aren't you, monsieur? Well, I, I think you should, you know. It's much too dangerous. Well, I, I appreciate your solicitude, of course. Not at all. I... You've served the League so faithfully. It's up to us to do all we can for you. Uh, but do you think we might have a glass of wine before we go? Certainly. Yeah. I'll get one, shall I? Oh, don't bother, monsieur. I, I see a bottle here and glass. Ah. 
I'm afraid we shan't get far before dawn. That means we shall have to hide during the day and make our way after nightfall. But you won't mind that, will you? Why, no, I... Of course not. Here are the drinks. Yours, Agni? Mine and yours. Thanks. A toast. The very elusive fellow, the Pimpernel. The Pimpernel. The Pimpernel. Excellent wine. I'm glad you like it. And we're so glad your stomach has improved, aren't we, Danny? Oh, like My, my stomach? Successful impersonation depends upon the closest attention to all detail, monsieur. I, I don't know what you mean. If you'd studied Chalon as carefully as you should have done, you'd have known he didn't drink wine. Are you suggesting that... What's happened to Chalon, monsieur? This is absurd. Is I... he dead or in prison? Answer me. Answer me. I give you my word. You were quite right, of course, when you said that somewhere on the escape route between Gournay and Falls there was a traitor, but you omitted to mention it as yourself. Very clever. Chalon was caught. Chauvelin decided to play me at my own game, and so he put in one of his own men, disguised as Chalot. You betrayed Brichon, didn't you? No. And the Countess and her children. No, it's not true, it's not. If I'd been what you say, wouldn't I have handed over your friend folks? Oh, no, you wanted bigger game than folks. So you sent him back to Paris with an urgent message that you knew would fetch Tony and me. You knew about the ambush in advance, and after we'd been locked up, the captain very considerately set you free. Lies, all lies. And where is the real Chalot? Is he alive or dead? Answer me or I'll squeeze the life out of you. Dead? Better be going, Percy. Don't miss dawn. Dawn, eh? The traditional hour at which traitors meet their doom. Shall we go, monsieur? returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel. sheltered wood outside the town. Tony, Andrew Fuchs, myself, and the man who called himself Shallow. You, you, you're not going to shoot me in cold blood, are you? That would be murder. Oh, no, we play the game according to the rules, monsieur. Even a man like you has his chance. Ah. Tony, Andrew, I have three stores here. Usual condition? Longest wind. Yes. I'll go first. Oh, much too short, I'm sure. Oh, this can't be it either. Sorry, gentlemen, the honor is mine. Will you take over, Tony? Yes, of course. You have first choice of pistols, monsieur? Thank you. You'll stand back to back? Like so. I'll take ten paces if I count them, and on the tenth you'll turn in your own time and fire. Ready? Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ah! Shall we go, gentlemen? 
Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring, with music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers.